Football Talk Podcast. This is your host, Zach Guggenheim, and we are excited for week two of the 2021 college football season. Make sure to like and hit the subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube, and make sure to find us at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you follow us here at the Big Ten Football Talk Podcast. I'm excited to get to the week two picks. If you want to a recap of week one, make sure to go back to the last podcast. Uh, it's just the week one recap, but we're going to dive right in 14 games. Uh, all the big 10 teams are playing. They're all playing out of conference. Some of the games are more snooze fests and pillow fights. Some of them are really intriguing matchups. So I'm excited to get into it. Just a heads up, about six of these matchups, I'm not going to do a ton of analysis on because games like Michigan State playing Youngstown State, I don't think need a lot of analysis. Kenneth Walker is going gonna, is gonna to run and get a lot of yards, score a lot of touchdowns. So we're just going to dive right in. Youngstown State at Michigan State, 12 p.m., Big Ten Network, no line. Kenneth Walker is going to go wild. Michigan State, 52, Youngstown State, 10. Like I said, very short, at least in the beginning. Miami of Ohio at Minnesota, 12 p.m. on ESPNU. Minnesota's a 19.5-point favorite in this one. It was a really tough break for Minnesota, losing Mo Ibrahim for the season. I, I still like their offensive line, but I'm, I'm skeptical about the running backs Trace and Potts and Cam Wiley. I don't think they can replicate what Ibrahim brings to the table. And I think they're going to be a little sluggish, but it is Miami of Ohio. I think they'll be okay. I don't think they cover. I think it's, it's going to be a little closer. Again, they'll be sluggish because of the lack of the explosiveness on, in the running game. But Tanner Morgan, uh, he'll, he'll hit a couple throws to his receivers. I really like Dylan Wright and Daniel Jackson. Hopefully they get Chris Ottman Bell back. Minnesota wins 24 to 13. We've got Indiana State at Northwestern, 12 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. No line for this one either. Hunter Johnson settled a little bit into the second half of that Michigan State game. They still didn't look good, and I'm still concerned about them moving forward. I don't think they're going to have a great season, but this is Indiana State. So I, I think Hunter Johnson will continue to progress, maybe hit a couple of deep throws. Evan Hall will find some running lanes against this porous defense that they're playing. I've got Northwestern 35, Indiana State 13. Purdue at UConn, 3 p.m. on the CBS Sports Network. You know you have a boring game when you're on the CBS Sports Network. No shade to CBS Sports Network, but you can barely find it on on anything other than maybe YouTube TV. And even then, I think it's almost impossible to find. Purdue is a 33 and a half point favorite. UConn is so bad that Randy Edsel was going to retire at the end of the season. And that was two days ago. And today they came out and said, no, you're retiring now. They just lost to Holy Cross. They're bad, man. This is going to be awful. Jack Plummer is going to connect with David Bell a lot and tight end Payne Durham a lot. They're going to blow them out. It's going to be Purdue 49, UConn 6, an easy win for the Boilermakers. Then we got Eastern Michigan at number 18, Wisconsin. 7 p.m. kick on Fox Sports 1, Wisconsin 
20, 25 and a half point favorite. 25 and a half points. This is crazy. I, and I don't even know what's going on with the running backs at Wisconsin. I thought Jalen Berger would get the start last week. Instead, he doesn't get a touch. Ches Malusi from Clemson, he transferred in from Clemson. He got the bulk of the touches. It does not matter who's going to run the ball, whether it's going to be him or Isaac Garendo or if Jalen Berger gets back into the mix. Again, I don't know why he wasn't there, but they're going to steamroll Eastern Michigan. They want to get that bad taste out of their mouth. Wisconsin, 42, Eastern Michigan, 7. And then Howard at Maryland, 7.30 p.m., Big Ten Network, no line on this game. The line, if they had a line on it, I feel like it'd have to be like 50 points. Howard lost to Richmond by 24 points last week. I think the receivers for Maryland, Demas and Jarrett and those boys, they're going to score at will. This will be a good game for Talia Tagavailoa to, to pad his stats, at least in the first half. He shouldn't expect to play at all in the second half. Maryland's going to win a lot to a little. It's going to be like the first half of the Monstars versus the the Toon Squad in in Space Jam. It's going to be a joke. Maryland 63, Howard 6. That's the final I've got there. And now I'm going to calm down a little bit because we're about to get to some, some real games, okay? Some real games here. Before I get there, there's a caveat to the last six. I have a little bit of trepidation because I've seen it happen before where Maryland beats Texas or beats somebody that's an actual opponent. And then you think Maryland's real this year. And then they, they lose to a team like temple. And so that might be out there for one of these teams. I doubt it. I think they're all going to be blowouts. That's why I didn't spend a lot of time on them, but those are my picks for those six games. Let's get to the, the more challenging games where competition's a little bit more even we're going to start with a big 10 ACC matchup at 11 a.m. ACC network, uh, Illinois at Virginia. Virginia is a 10 point favorite in this game. Uh, Virginia is coming off a 43, nothing shutout of William and Mary, which honestly is not that all. That's not that impressive, but they're at home. Brendan Armstrong, the quarterback, he showed he can move the ball through the air. He's throwing for 339 yards, two touchdowns. They're going against an Illini defense that is allowing almost 450 yards per game, uh, and that includes about 260 yards through the air. I think the Texas-San Antonio team gave us a more accurate picture of who Illinois is, which is they're a big 10 team that has a lot of growing pains ahead and they they might get a couple of wins that are unexpected, but there really is a dearth of talent there. I think Illinois is going to be competitive for a half, but I think Virginia is, is a little bit better. And I think they will explode a bit because they, they do have some explosive players on that offense. I, I think Virginia explodes in the third quarter. Virginia 45, Illinois 24. It's going to stay in the Big Ten and ACC, that that type of matchup. We have Rutgers at Syracuse. That's 2 p.m. on the ACC network. Rutgers is a two-point favorite, and honestly, this feels like the toughest game to pick this week. Rutgers scored 61 points against Temple, but I'm just not sure how real that is because a lot of that was – due to turnovers and hidden yardage in the punt return game. 
Uh, Aaron Crickshank was great in the return game last week for them. Syracuse's offense, though, it just leaves so much to be desired. Uh, quarterback Tommy DeVito, he passed for 92 yards last week against Ohio. Not Ohio State, not even Cincinnati, Ohio. They do have an explosive runner in Sean Tucker. He ran for 25 times for 182 yards last week. And I, I think Ohio will probably get a couple of chunk plays in that running game, but I just, th- I think Rutgers defense is going to be the better unit here. Olakunle Fadukasi had three sacks last week from his linebacker spot. Trey Avery at defensive back. He had a pick. I think both those guys are key on that Rutgers defense. And I think Rutgers offense and special teams does just enough to out, outscore and outlast Syracuse. I have them winning 24 to 14. That's Rutgers 24, Syracuse 14. Ball State at number 11, Penn State. That's at 3.30 p.m. on FS1. Penn State, a 22-point favorite. This feels like a trap game. For one, Ball State's not terrible. They were ranked at the end of last season. They have a pretty good quarterback, a veteran, and Drew Plitt, and he's throwing to a pretty good receiver in Justin Hill, or Justin Hall, excuse me. And I think they might be able to put up at least a couple scores against this Nittany Lion defense, as good as they are. But the problem is I think their defense is going to – they gave up 430 yards to Western Illinois, and – I think Penn State's offense will sputter a little bit, kind of like last week. I think they might struggle out of the gate. I, uh, I think Clifford will probably miss a couple of throws just because I think Clifford, he tends to run hot and cold. And so he'll have a great throw. He'll have a stretch of great throws. And then he'll have a stretch where he, he can't hit the broadside of a barn. And that's I think that's just who he is. I think... Penn state is probably going to be less up for this game because it's in between Wisconsin and Auburn. And so I I think Clifford's going to be a little bit more off in this game. I actually expect him to be more on target next week. Um, But ultimately at their defense, it's, it's nasty. I think they'll hold down Plitton hall. I think Penn state wins. I don't think they cover, but I've got Penn state 31 to 16. So a, a comfortable win, but it'll, it'll feel a little tense at some point during this game. Buffalo at Nebraska, 3.30 p.m. on the Big Ten Network. Nebraska is a 13.5-point favorite. I don't bet on games, but if you do, don't bet this one. Just don't do it. I, this is not going to be an easy game for Nebraska. At least I don't think so. Buffalo beat Wagner 69-7. I know. I know it's Wagner, but it's not like Nebraska has really done anything to inspire confidence either. They lost to Illinois and then they beat Fordham, which yay. Okay. It's, it's a Patriot league team. They should beat Fordham 52 to seven or however much they, they beat them by Buffalo has a decent quarterback in Kyle Van Treese. Uh, they have a good running game. They ran for over 300 yards last week. They have some good, Good guys on defense, Tyler Taylor Ruggins at defensive end, Deshaun Folsom, they combined for three sacks against Wagner. And so I, I think Buffalo has pieces that can give Nebraska problems. 
if the Huskers don't come out inspired and if their leaders don't lead, they will lose this game. And so they really need Ben Still, Jojo Doman, Cam Taylor Britt. They need their leaders to step up on defense. And Adrian Martinez cannot be as inaccurate as he was against Illinois or they will lose. So I think it's going to be a dogfight. I'm reluctant in picking Nebraska here and partially picking them because, well, they're the Big Ten team. They should beat the MAC team. I have them winning 27 to 23. I will not be shocked if Buffalo loses. So that's my uh, that this is that's the game where I'm like, oh, I kind of want to pick the upset. I'm not going to, but I'll, I will not be surprised if Buffalo springs the upset on the Cornhuskers this week. Idaho at Indiana. 7.30 p.m. kick on Big Ten Network, no line. I have this game in here. A lot of people will think, well, this is this should be a blowout. And my response would be, did you see Indiana last week? I, I am legitimately concerned about Indiana's confidence. They looked really bad against Iowa. Michael Penix was benched at the last part of that game. Part of that might have just been it, it was over and they wanted to protect him. But he threw three interceptions. Two of them went for pick sixes. I, I don't think they'll struggle against Idaho, but Idaho has some good offensive uh, firepower here. And if the defense has any hangover from last week, you know, Idaho could could maybe spring a surprise. I'm not picking that. I think Indiana wins. I think they probably win by two or three scores. I have Indiana 38, Idaho 21. But it's just, I don't think it's going to be as big of a blowout as maybe other people might think since it's Idaho. Um, so I, I think it's a 17 point win. I, I hope for Indiana's sake and for Tom Allen's sake, they, they run over them and it's, it's a blowout, but I just, I just don't think that's going to be the case. We're going to get now to the kind of the big three games of the week uh, of the weekend. First is Washington at Michigan. It is the primetime game on ABC 8 PM. Michigan is a six point favorite against a team that lost to Montana, which I feel like should raise some eyebrows. I mentioned that in the, the pod earlier on the, on the week one recap. And, and this is going to be a theme for the, the last three games that these are just odd games to predict in week two. And this one is weird because conventional wisdom would say pick Michigan by a lot based on Washington's loss to Montana. They couldn't run the ball. Their freshman quarterback, Dylan Morris, he threw three picks. They had no real explosive plays. And if you watch the tape on Washington, they looked slow. They looked really slow. And yet Vegas only thinks that Michigan is going to win by six. So that's the line that they set. Now, part of that, Ronnie Bell, their star receiver is out, out for the season. Terrible, terrible news for Ronnie Bell. I feel terrible for him. He's a great player. I hope he does well in the pros. Um, I will not be surprised if Washington wins this game. I would have picked them to win this game in the summer. In fact, when I did the, the intro, uh, intro pod, I, I had Michigan losing to Washington, but I, I, I think Cade McNamara can manage the game enough. I think Michigan has a few more explosive players, Blake Corum and Sanders still, uh, Hassan Haskins and Aiden Hutchinson is a difference maker on the defensive side of the ball, as well as Daxton Hill. And so I, I don't think I realized 
the lack of explosiveness on the Huskies. And so I think they keep it close. I have Michigan winning 20 to 17. I don't think Washington is, is as bad as they showed against Montana. I still think they're a contender in the Pac-12 North, which honestly is not saying much because everyone in the Pac-12 North lost last week. But I don't think Washington is, ba- is as bad as they showed against Montana. Dylan Morris will probably play a cleaner game, but I think Michigan wins uh, by a field goal here. The, the second to last game here, probably the most intriguing game outside of Ohio State, Oregon, is number 10 Iowa at number nine Iowa State. That's at 4.30 p.m. on ABC. Iowa State is a four-point favorite. Again, a really weird game to predict because Iowa blew the doors off of Indiana, but a lot of that was because of defensive turnovers and efficient play in the first half. The game was over at halftime. It was 31-3 to at half, whereas Iowa State really struggled against uh, Northern Iowa. And Northern Iowa is an FCS school. They're a decent FCS school, but they're they're still an FCS school. And you would think for a top 10 team that they would do better than 16 to 10. Granted, they did not have Charlie Kolar, their tight end, uh, who is a potential All-American. But even then, Brees Hall, who's a Heisman candidate, he ran for three yards a carry, 69 yards on 23 carries. Brock Purdy was not all that efficient. He threw for 199 yards. They struggled to tackle on defense, which is tends to be the case week one, but now they got to face a good offensive line, a really good offensive line with a really good center. Who's probably going to be back in Tyler Lindenbaum. He, he left that game a little bit. Uh, he was down with a, a bit of an injury, but I think he'll be back. They've got to face him and a nasty offensive line. They got to face a defense that is sky high on confidence. Riley Moss is a stud in that defensive backfield had had two of the picks against Michael Penix. And so I, I like Iowa in this game, but I just don't, I don't know what you're going to get from Iowa state, but I think Iowa's defense probably will hold Brees Hall I think they will harass Brock Purdy a bit. I don't think Brock Purdy is going to be nearly as, as turnover prone as Michael Penix was, but I like Iowa in a good old fashioned slug fest. It's going to look like the old school big 10, three yards in a cloud of dust type of game. Iowa wins 17 to 13. They get their sixth straight victory over Iowa state in their rivalry game. And of course the big one on big noon kickoff, Fox with Gus Johnson and Joel Klatt, number 12, Oregon, at number three, Ohio State. Again, a weird game. Ohio State, 14-point favorites. I think that that line is a little too high. The Ohio State defense has a lot of question marks on it. They, they struggled to really shut down Minnesota, particularly their run game. They, uh, they really gave up a couple of big chunk plays to, to Mo Ibrahim, but Mo, Mo Ibrahim will do that to you. He, he's a great back. I'm really sad that he's out for the season, but I'm concerned about their defensive backfield. There's a lot of questions, whether Cam Brown and seven banks, their starting corners will be in questions about their starting safety and Josh Proctor, whether he's going to go and a lot of young guys behind that. And I, I thought 
some of them played well against Minnesota. Some of them, they really struggled. So there's a lot of questions there. Some questions about the linebackers. Uh, a lot of questions that were not resolved. But I'm not, I'm not concerned about Oregon's offense. I think they have a couple of nice receivers on the outside. I'm not sure they're that much better than Minnesota's receivers in Dylan Wright and Daniel Jackson. I actually thought they, they really acquitted themselves well. And their running game is nowhere near Minnesota's. Minnesota's offensive line, I think, is stronger. Obviously, Mo Ibrahim is probably a top five back in the country when he's healthy. I don't think C.J. Verdell and Travis Dye are anywhere close to that. In fact, I think if they were at Ohio State, I think they might be the fourth and fifth best backs in their stable. And that's, that's not me pumping sunshine in Ohio State. Just take a look at the tape. And I, I just don't see a lot of explosion there. Anthony Brown is a good runner at quarterback, but I, I just don't see him making a lot of plays through the air in this game. I think he'll probably sting Ohio State a few times as a runner, uh, as a quarterback run guy on QB draws, on scrambles, on zone reads. The real question, and I think where there's a pathway for Oregon to win this game is their defense, but there's, there's questions there. Kayvon Thibodeau, probably the best player in the country, the uh, by far the best pass rusher in the country right now. He may not play. He's day to day. Uh, he rolled up his ankle in the game against Fresno state. I would imagine he would play. He's going to be better than most defensive ends, even at 70 or 75%. Uh, head coach Mario Cristobal said he wouldn't play if he didn't practice. And I do not believe him for a second. I think Kayvon Thibodeau is going to play if he can play, but they're, they're also without Drew Mathis, uh, who is a starting linebacker. A lot of people think he's probably out for the season, which is, which is really sad for them. He's a good player, but they have a great defense. They're getting two of their defensive backs back from suspension, Jamar Hill, DJ James. A lot of people think that they are going to be, starting defensive backs for that team justin Flo, noah sewell five-star linebackers for oregon and so the pathway for victory there is if Kayvon thibodeau plays and if those linebackers play well they've got to force cj stroud into mistakes which i think they can do i think they can make cj stroud uncomfortable as good as ohio state's offensive line is and i i think they might be the best offensive line in the country I think they will be able to get some pressure on blitzes and some zone pressures, which can make CJ Stroud uncomfortable. We saw him last week struggle to make window throws. And so I I'm skeptical that he can make the tight window throws that will keep moving the chains. But at the end of the day, I, I just don't, I think there's too much in the way of Oregon's defense to be able to get enough turnovers and negative plays to slow them down enough. I think Ohio state will be able to run the ball. And I don't think Oregon will be able to run the ball. Like Minnesota did Minnesota. People don't understand how good, not just their running back in Mo Ibrahim was, but also how great their offensive line is. It might be one of the top five running attacks in the country. And I don't think I realized that going into the game, but Daniel Falele and all those boys just excellent up front. And so I just don't think enough is there for Oregon uh, to, to pull the upset, but I think it's going to be close. I think Ohio state's going to be sweating into the third quarter. I've got Ohio state winning 38 Oregon 27. That's, that's my final pick. So that there you have it. That's week two, my picks. 
here for these big 10 teams. Tell me what you think. Tell me in the comments, tell me in a review, what you think about the picks and about the show. Would love to hear your thoughts. Again, this is the big 10 football talk podcast. I'm really excited. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Make sure to leave a comment, to leave some feedback, take care, enjoy the weekend and God bless.